Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Rick A. And I'm Sean. And you're lagging like a mug. That's all right. No, I can edit. We're 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 going. We're nonstop. We're doing this live. We'll do it live. Uh, we wanted to say, man. Let me let me start off by saying, went again, once again to the Melba. Took my son. They had Finding Dory this week, and man, what a great experience. I talked with Adam. They uh, budgeted. I think they thought maybe 75 people per show ended up they had four or five shows they had 1500 tickets sold uh, the theater was packed the whole time I was there it was a great experience I had to wait in line completely forgot about lines at movie theaters man I was excited it was great that's awesome I'm glad that I, I know that night we had went uh the the premiere show they had totally not expected the amount that had showed up is that correct that is correct. Yeah, they sold more tickets than they thought they would. So I mean, that's that's a good sign for uh, for them. And I, I, you know, I second weekend in a row I've went, and I can't I can't tell you how excited I am for uh, what's coming to Batesville. So um, that's awesome. We wanted to start with a couple of stories. Well, I wanted to start with a killing, the killing joke. Uh, oh, you watched it? I did watch it, and I have an opinion on it. And this may okay. not jive with everybody in the world, but... Uh-oh. Well, I mean, you you heard my opinion on it. Uh, so, I, I'm interested to hear your take on it. I really liked the first 30 minutes of it. I thought it was a well-told story. And, and I, I know everybody wants to skip that part. They know it was added. They know there's a lot of controversy. I thought it actually did bring out a lot of character of Batgirl and uh, a lot of her motives and uh, establishing her as a character. I thought it was fine. Uh, I was really surprised. I, I thought it would be this forced political kind of thing in there and I was actually uh, refreshed by uh, it, it was a good story. And then of course I really enjoyed it once it got into the killing joke proper. And it, it punched it up just a little for me. Now uh, I've read the killing joke before. Now and, and let me ask you this. Have, you have read the killing joke, correct? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Let me ask you if you agree with this. I thought the movie more heavily implied that uh, the Joker did a little more than take pictures than the original comic did. Now, do you agree with that statement? I, I will agree with that. Yeah, uh, which which kind of made it more, you know, more icky and more despicable. We'll leave it, it there, but I, I thought it was more... It was darker uh, than just the book, which, I mean, there's a lot of things about the book that are uh, dark. Implied. Yeah, implied. But one of my criticisms of it is at the end, it kind of fell flat, whereas... What? No way. Absolutely. Uh, Now, let let me... Before we start the debate, let me explain. The comic very clearly... uh, illustrates that it's this moment between these two characters and there is an ambiguous ending which regardless of what the writer intended what the writer has said since then you could really take either way that they uh, the police are coming and Batman and uh, the Joker you know are laughing and you know he ends up getting taken away or the darker side Batman chokes him to death and is the only one left laughing. Now, the uh, the movie, I didn't feel that that, was, that that was left open. I mean, there was no... The Joker just stopped laughing. There was no police sirens or anything like that. And everything just went silent. I was like, ugh. That's... Ugh. I don't... There's nothing here. <laughs> there's no... Uh, uh, he choked him. There's There was just nothing. It was just flat. Uh, I, I like to believe that, you know, he, he just went and did his time in Arkham because, you know, uh, I, I don't think Batman's a killer. Well, I mean, the, uh, the, you know. the writer come out, came out and said years later, in fact, just, just recently this year, I believe he said the original intent was, yes, he, he did choke the, the Joker to death and, and it was Batman. It was meant to be like the, um, like Marvel has done stories like, uh, Avengers: The End, or or whatever these kind of else worlds, 
things, and he did imply that the um, it had come full circle, and now the Batman has crossed the line and is as bad as the Joker, and the police take him away for murder at the end. But, of course, it was purposely left ambiguous, so you could take what you wanted to from it. Right. I just like to believe that, you know, Batman listened to Gordon, you know, when he said, you have to do it by the book. We have to show him that our way is the right way. And I don't know. I never even thought about Batman killing the Joker after that moment. Um, right. But I you got to remember, I, uh, this is this is Alan Moore we're talking about. This is <laughs> Oh, I, I understand that it's Alan Moore. And I, I just thought the, it was dark enough. The way it was, I, I love the joke. The joke is hilarious. I, I still, I laugh about it. You know, I mean, it it was a funny joke that he told at the end, and I I really enjoyed it. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more on the first thirty minutes. You know, I, I told you I had no problems with it. It for me, it's thirty extra minutes of Kevin Conroy. So mm-hmm. that's incredible. So I have absolutely no problem with the Batgirl story. And yeah, that, and I thought that's it, from somebody that has read the book, you know, and I don't care. Yeah, and I, and I thought, uh, you know, we, we could talk about that. We know that the the first 30 minutes were added in to provide a little more character for Batgirl for a little more backstory. And I thought it did succeed at that. It it, it did make her a stronger character. Um, they did a couple of things like there's there's a point at which Batman in classic writing, Batman would have told her, I'm not going to let you do this anymore. Whereas they, they flipped it and, and she's the one that said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I know what you're going to say. I'm done with it. It's my decision. Takes it out of his hands, makes her a stronger character. Uh, there's a couple of things like that in there and I thought it was done well and it wasn't, you know, forced or anything like that. So, uh, I was really excited to, uh, uh, to see it. So, I enjoyed Absolutely. It. I'm glad I'm glad you got to see it and I'm glad to hear your your opinion on it. But now, this, this week we have a ton of news. Uh, unless unless you have something else. Oh, no, no. I was I was moving in. right along to our first news item. Oh, um Oh, go ahead. Kick it off. Yeah, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Man. Okay. I love that first movie. Um and we've got oh, a piece incredible. of art from the second movie, looks like some giant tentacled beast in space that the Guardians are having to fight. And uh, it's <laughs> has little baby Groot screaming and, of course, Rocket and every, everybody has a jetpack. And, oh, man, this is just so exciting. But I, I'm kind of perplexed by Kurt Russell being a living planet. But what, what's, what's your opinion on the current information of Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh I cannot wait for it. It it was it was like we've stated before. When I went into that, um, I had no true knowledge of Guardians of the Galaxy, who they were, what this was going to be like. I had seen Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec, so that gave me extreme hope because he's awesome. And I I walked out of there thinking this is this is seriously one of the best Marvel movies they've made. Yes, and I I agree with that. Uh, and so you could just give me Guardians of the Galaxy, and number one, it has nowhere a giant a celestial head floating in space. It showed celestials, showed the Infinity Gems, the Collector. It showed right. Adam Warlock's uh, cocoon. Ah, oh, this this movie. Oh, I, I, it, it was such a great surprise and and joy to see this movie. Oh, incredible! I loved it and. Bradley Cooper is hilarious as Rocket Raccoon. I, I love Rocket. He he seriously became one of my favorite characters, and I cannot wait for the second one. It's going to be awesome. I guarantee you. Right, and and keeping with the Marvel theme here, um, I stumbled on an article today talking about the Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok, which of course has got a little right. bit of talk lately because uh, Tom Hiddleston and Thor er, and Chris Hemsworth have both been on set and both uh, have had pictures taken. But somebody yeah. stumbled on to some news. A couple of the official pictures from the director had Thor holding a card. Oh, and- I was going to post this right before the show started and I couldn't find the article. And so, so you, so had, you know what the card Thor, says. It had Thor holding the card, and it also has a scene of 
Uh, the other picture was Tom Middleston and Chris Hemsworth sitting at a at a uh, newsstand that clearly showed that they were trying to uh, that they were in New York, and uh, this card he was holding had the address for Doctor Strange, seventy seven A Bleecker Street, which is Doctor Strange's address. So we may be yes. getting a cameo in Thor yes. Ragnarok. That's going to be awesome. I'm so pumped. Which I am ready for Doctor Strange, which, I, which I've said before. I, I am so ready for Doctor Strange. When I when I seen the card they were holding, I was like, oh, they're going to see Doctor Strange. This is going to be awesome. Well, they are going to travel between worlds, and if they're stuck on Earth and they can't use the Rainbow Bridge, how are they going to travel between worlds? <laughs> a guy who can travel uh, between planes. Yeah, yeah, that, They'll, they'll have to go to a doctor that can get them from one place to another. And I, I don't believe Doctor Who's around. <laughs> and I have one more article that I just wanted to just touch on. Do you have any idea what Max Steele is? No. I think it was, it was uh, a kid's movie or something a few years ago, right? Or something well, like that? Well, it's a kid's uh. toy. It's had a show, but somehow this thing has got a movie going, which I heard about years ago. But it's got a trailer, like a Japanese trailer for this movie has surfaced online. I just saw this today, and it's a fully fleshed out Max Steel, like a uh, Hasbro or Mattel toy line movie, live action movie, which you can go see. They they have the article over on Gizmodo. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I just thought it was neat to see. That's like, uh, it's kind of like seeing a Thundercats trailer show up out of nowhere. But uh, that's that's kind of neat. What did you want to talk about this week on articles? Well, what what I think is going to be awesome is, you know, d- at the end of Deadpool, we we got the teaser that, you know, we, we're going to see who's going to be in Deadpool 2 and we we kind of know it's going to be Cable. But the question is, who's going to play Cable? Will it be uh Stephen Lang? Will it be Ron Perlman? Well, it appears a new name has been thrown into the hat and it's not someone that I really seen this coming, but it is Kyle Chandler, Coach Eric Taylor, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose from Friday Night Lights. What is your take on that? Well, you know, I've I've only seen a couple episodes of Friday Night Lights, which I did enjoy, and he he's really good in those episodes, but I have seen him in Super 8 where he was the dad, and I really liked his character in that. Yeah, exactly. I was going to bring up Super 8 as well, because that was my, have you seen it, from last week. I was like, how funny. I just talked about a Kyle Chandler movie earlier, and here we are. So, I think, I mean, if he wants to play Cable, then then let's go for it. Let the boys play. Let them play. Oh, that's the wrong football movie. Sorry. Right. I just don't know, man. I don't know. He he doesn't have the physique of a cable to me. Well, you and, know... And, and, and that can be changed totally. I mean, we all seen Tom Hardy as Bane, and so we know how the personal trainers have the ability to make you huge when you need to be. Well, funny enough, I was looking at my first appearance of Cable uh, just a little bit ago, and... He is mostly a vest and, and, of course, pockets. Of course, it's Rob Leefield, so that, that, that may be way off, but he's just guns, vests, and, and pockets everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also in that same article, they had talked about uh, Mackenzie Davis playing Domino, and when I was reading this, I was like, Mackenzie Davis, let's look her up. So I IMDb beater. I've seen absolutely nothing this person has been in. Uh, so I have no go or no go as to Mackenzie Davis uh, in the role of Domino. I, they had also, you know, Fiona Knightley could be up for Domino, which she's been in Domino before. Ha ha ha. That's right. Ha ha ha. Uh, and, and that's about it. Like, do, have do you know Mackenzie Davis at all? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. So, so neither of us know anything about Domino, 
And I think Kyle Chandler is a great actor, and a personal trainer has the ability to make you into whatever you need to be for a role. So let's let's see it, man. Let, let's see him start sporting some uh, cable threads because th- this is the first non-fan suggestion for cable that I've heard because Stephen Lang is just was thrown out there immediately. And then the internet well, because was, I believe, perfect. the ones... Well, yeah, Stephen Lang looks like Cable in real life. Like, he he could be a cyborg from the future. I don't, I don't know. Stephen Lang's pretty cool. And, and then I know the internet's the one that threw out the idea of Ron Perlman, which, which I love the idea of Ron Perlman playing there, well, but... Now, let's, let's not misrepresent Cable. He's not actually a cyborg. No, no, no. I, and I'm, I'm saying Stephen Lang is a cyborg. Oh, okay. Well, I can go with that. He's a Terminator. Yes, yes. He is. He's pretty awesome. Uh, I like Stephen. You know, I mean, he can breathe when others can't. <laughs> no, he just held his breath. He did hold his breath for a really long time. Masks! That's right. And then uh, if we move on, so do you feel, I know you haven't seen Suicide Squad yet, do you feel Jared Leto got tricked or ripped off uh, when playing the Joker as in Suicide Squad? Uh, as much money as that movie's making, uh, reviews be damned, I don't think anybody got ripped off. Right, right. And, and I seen that it, it broke the 500 million mark uh, worldwide. And, you know, obviously that cannot be... You, you would think it can't be called a failure, but I believe BVS did over 500 mil, and I, I would still consider that a failure. But that that's my opinion. No, the, the thing is, Jared Leto seems totally upset, and uh, his contract, I guess, had certain stipulations that prevented him from doing stuff that he likes to do on a daily basis, such as rock climbing or anything adrenaline junkie wise and I guess he is kind of an adrenaline junkie and they uh, I guess they they had even I'd read that they critiqued his eating habits and had him do all these things to play the Joker and then they totally underutilized the Joker and I, I know they were saying that you know if he come back if he did another movie as in signing a new contract that he would definitely have new things to say to Warner Brothers about this contract. And, you know, I I, I don't know. I I wish there was more Joker in that movie. I I wish that we see more of him as that Joker because I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought he was a really good Joker. Like, he is crazy, like, Back crazy. Now I haven't heard anybody. Crazy. I haven't heard anybody say they did not like the Joker. I I've had a few people tell me personally, not on the internet or whatever, but just like, yeah, I didn't really care for his Joker. It's not as good as Heath Ledger. Well, it's a def- It's different than Heath Ledger. He's he's not in the Christopher Nolan world. Heath Ledger was so awesome. Because of the world Christopher Nolan had created around him. Yeah, you're going to have the, I mean, like, you're going to have the people that are like, oh, no, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson, oh, you can't have a new Joker. Jack Nicholson was the perfect, oh, Heath Ledger, he was the perfect Joker. Cesar Romero, he was the per. you know, you're going to have those right. people. I mean, th- that really doesn't count, but uh, anybody who's looked at the, uh, it's, it's been, uh, Batman was great. Uh, Will Smith and Margot Robbie were great. The Joker was great. Uh, the movie was choppy. That, that's all I've heard since the movie came out. Right. And, and uh, I, I went But back also, and I, wish I there... have heard, I wish there was more Joker. Exactly. Uh, I wish there was more Joker. And that to I, I hope he doesn't feel that he's done, like he's walking away. Uh, the, the articles that are out there are very clickbaity. And when you click on him, you're thinking, oh, what? He quit? He says F him and stuff like that. And I was just like, what? D- 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 no, he, he has not said he's not doing any future movies. From what I understand, he said that his contract was very limited and very strict 
about what he could and could not do, uh, his eating habits, like I stated a minute ago, and I, I believe that if he does another movie, he will renegotiate that contract as he sees fit, I believe, rather than letting Warner Brother hold the reins this time. Well, uh, he, he's it's going to be very lucrative for him because as bad as that movie was panned and then the money it's making, of course they're going to do a sequel, but if he is in a position where he goes, you know, I, I don't really want to do one, what, what are you doing for me? Uh, they may they may not end up making any money on this movie, paying for the next for him true. to be in the next. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. And sticking with DC news, uh, did you see uh, Superman maybe sporting some new threads here in the Justice League movie? I don't think this bodes well. I mean, uh, here we go. They shoved the death of Superman into the five seconds at the end of uh, Batman v Superman. So they're going to shove the return of Superman in the first ten minutes of the Justice League movie or whatever. Uh, it's just bad all over, guys. It's bad. I, that, that's what I was thinking when I seen this. I was like, the black suit, really? So so when we... when. Uh, Justice League starts and uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman are, are searching for these spe people with special abilities. Are they going to find Superboy? Are they going to find Man of Steel? Are they, <laughs> you know, I mean, somewhere out there, Shaq's wearing a big metal suit, right? Stop. No, don't, don't, don't do that. Oh, my Here, Here's, I but here, DC at this point, uh, I mean, they almost may go red and blue Superman, and I will just go. What are you guys doing? What did you What did you learn the first time you did this? Nothing. Nothing. Well, I mean, we had stated last week that you know, DC learns nothing from their mistakes. That was said by their very own Flash. That had said that they don't learn from their mistakes. So. But by not, if they're not learning from their mistakes, and this is to, to progress forward in, in what we're going to talk about today, uh, if, if Zach is out, then, then you're going to need a new person to lead the way, uh, other than Jeff Johns. He, he's doing a great job. You know, I mean, if I'm going to trust somebody to write this DC ship, Jeff Johns can probably do it, but he's going to need assistance. Did you see the rumor that J.J. Abrams may be up for Man of Steel 2? I mean, that you talk about somebody with a lot on their plate already. Do you believe J.J. would do this movie? Do you think that this is just purely internet rumor BS that's out there? Or do you think this is a real thing that could happen? No, no. You you don't think you don't think it'll happen? No, I do not. I think I think that JJ is doing just fine with Star Wars. He does with Star Trek. He doesn't need to get up in this business. I don't think he'd want to even. I know if I was him, I wouldn't want to get anywhere near this tire fire that is Warner Brothers in DC. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. When I read this, I was like, "This has to be on there." It has to be in the the mix for the podcast just because I'm a huge JJ fan and I, it would be cool for him to do something like this but man this guy has a lot on his plate like Star Wars, Star Trek and you know JJ always has some little secret side piece that he's waiting to sneak on us and we're going to be like where did that come from, JJ? And how did you have time to film that? But thank you. You know, I mean, he, he's pretty good at stuff like that. While we move on to even further DC news, you you have, or I don't even remember, it, it may have been so old that I may have po posted this, that Ezra Miller teased that Grant Gustin could be in 
The Flash. Yes, I would be a fan of this. Um, I, like I've said before, I think Grant Gustin, Gustin is The Flash in, in my book. Uh, he should be in the movie. But if they are going to have a different character play The Flash, I think this is a perfect way to do that. I mean... Why not link the movie universe? And I've I've heard a couple people bemoan, oh they can't. Whoa, why? Uh, they're just copying Marvel. No, it's a separate universe. It's it's fine. It works that way. There's a multiverse. It's it's fine. I'm excited for that. I think that would be a step in the right direction for DC to choose to link their stuff like they've done on the CW. Uh, give their movies a little boost from the CW crowd. That's fine. I think it would be awesome. Uh, you know, I, I'm all for some crossover stuff, some let, letting two different worlds link together temporarily so that, you know, and if anybody can link worlds in the DC universe, it's Flash, just because the speed force can really be whatever the writer wants it to be. Uh, for, you know, he, he can go fast enough that he can bend time he can go fast enough that he could bend universes it that's now have cool you watched the Force. flash yet no negative okay i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry that's the reason when i seen this i i knew you would have a lot to say about it and it, it would be awesome and i knew that would be right up in your wheelhouse that you would be like yes I get both Grant Gustin and Ezra Miller on the screen, which would be awesome. Grant Gustin is the constant. He's the new constant. He's Desmond. Desmond is the constant. I'm rewatching Lost, by the way. Oh, that's that's awesome. Where where are you up to? Uh, episode five. Uh, they just uh, it was Locke's origin episode. Man, he's got a sad story. He's got a sad story. Speaking of sad stories, you can't always get what you want. That's right. That's right. Oh, okay. I read this article the other day. You, you can't always get what you want. It, it was it was done by uh, Kevin Fahey, who who is you know what he's producer is that his title producer for the Marvel Cinematic Kev Universe? Kevin Feige. Yeah, is that how they say it? Yeah. I always know there's Paul Feig. And then there's Kevin Fahey, or however he said he says it. You're thinking although... Jeff Fahey. We're talking about Lost again. It's Lapidus. Not yeah, yeah, not Lapidus, <laughs> the the actual producer for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He says Kevin that Feige. People tweeting and writing blogs about people that are upset with the direction that a writer has taken a character. Uh, even uh, the the what he brings up is Steven Universe. Uh, I know very little. I know very. I know none about Steven Universe other than I've heard the name Steven Universe. I guess in that some a character took a turn in one direction, and the fans just threw a fit and wanted him to write it different. And he's saying, "Don't always get what you want." The right the writer was a her. Okay, excuse me, her. I'm just as bad as the next person. I'll admit that. I, I find myself doing it as well. Well, why didn't the writer take the character down this path? This is the path I wanted to see. I'm just as guilty as the next person of right, saying that. Right, right. And uh, the article is speaking to not not the, uh, you know, oh, I would have liked it better this way or that way kind of thing. It's the reactionary no. nature of the current current atmosphere of writing and... Uh, fan level where people are getting together and being an online force that people are reacting to, writers and directors and stuff like that, like the Paul Feig reactions and like this at uh, Steven Universe, which my son is a huge fan of, by the way. Nice. Um, the response from uh, uh, Captain America being an agent of Hydra. You know, all of this stuff has happened before. It's just now... We're connected, we're an online group, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, and all this rage is being seen, whereas before, it's you picked up an issue of your favorite comic, or you watched 
your favorite show and went, oh, I didn't like that. That's not true to the character as I believe him to be. And now a, a bunch of people right. can get together, agree, and, and spew their hatred online, which is is a bit of a difference. And it's, it's kind of naive for us to say, you know, well, you guys brush that off. You're the artist. You do what you think is best. And there, there is a noticeable effect for those people. I mean, before, um, you know, before internet and stuff like that, there'd be letter writing or there'd be phone calling, and there may be some effect. But these days, it's a possibility for a much greater effect for uh, fans to affect the art. And that's true. And, and you know, uh, like I said, I, I'm just as guilty as the next person. But, but when you and I were younger in our teens and 20s and something happened you you know us growing up there were probably 10 or 12 of us that hung out on at least a weekend basis and when something like this happened we just complained to each other man you know what they should do they should do this or they should do this and perfect example perfect example dragon ball gt yes yes which they'd never done Dragon Ball GT. <laughs> right. And and the internet was around at that point. I mean, but there just wasn't a concerted way a for you to voice that opinion. Yes. I mean, and even though most of us agreed like at using this example of Dragon Ball DT that it was shit and it shouldn't have been yes. it shouldn't have been the continuation. We knew from researching online that a Kira not a Kira Kira Toriyama. Woo. Akira Kurosawa, yeah, his famous Seven no. Samurai. Um, no, 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 not wrong. <laughs> that uh, that he wasn't involved in GT, and we were upset at that too. And oh, why did y'all do that? But it didn't affect it, you know. Uh, right, because we just complained to each other, right, at that time. And I, and I totally, I can see the point of that he's making, to where people need to let the artist. You let the artist artist, and as a consumer, you consume. The, the end. Now, I, while I appreciate, I love my freedom to go on my Facebook page or to go on my Twitter page and be like, I wish this had happened, and I wish this would happen. And and I believe the artists have no problem with that. They, they don't have a problem with a group of people saying, man, I wish you had done this. It's like you... When they get like a wolf pack and they all group together and then they just can thousands upon thousands of people can all spew hate nearly simultaneously. You know, something can start trending on Twitter and next thing you know, you got a a hashtag, you suck, blah, 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 whoever's insert name here, you know, and then next thing you know, more people are jumping on the bandwagon and that's where it gets taken way out of hand and, and stuff like that doesn't doesn't need to happen at all also uh, uh just sticking with some random stuff when when we look at comics do you think that there's too many number ones out there i know the reason why they do it but i'm not a new reader i don't need it i don't like it just give me my continuing numbers uh the first time marvel did it and like uh, change the numbering on Thor or, or whatever it was for whatever, kind of just pissed me off. I mean, and I know, I understand, it's a lot easier for a new comic reader to jump on board a number one and all that mess, but... Right. Uh... And I, I understand their, their point, too. And, and this is uh, an article from Nerdist. Y'all, y'all, y'all should look that up. I'd love to get some outsider's feedback on this as well. And what it brings up is right now we we have the DC Rebirth. And DC Rebirth is really good stuff. And see, this is where I believe a a new number one is fine with me. When when you're doing a huge change like DC Rebirth from the crap that is New 52. And let me tell you, I've, I've picked up some New 52 since Hastings was going out of business and I agree there's a reason why new 52 is gone and and this rebirth deserve, deserves a new number one numbering but at the same time I would love to be able to go find amazing spider-man you know 
number 561 or whatever. I, I don't know. Whatever. Here, here's, here's how you do that. And this will fix everything about it. Whenever you're ready to do this kind of thing, you write your stories, you keep going with the same numbers, and then when you're ready for the relaunch, the, the, the book that explains a lot of backstory that's going to be for the new readers, you do a variant cover that's numbered number one. Ooh, that, that may. See, that's a good idea because I like that because number could increase the value of that number one. Well, being absolutely. A you, one. Have, you have the people that are going to jump on board for your number ones, and then you have the hardcore guys that are like, I need that variant cover. That's right. Yeah, you're selling two of the same comic because, you know, the relaunch number one could also be number 651 as well. Exactly. And I, I can see that. And, you know, uh, the, the other day I was looking, uh, I was on mycomicshop.com looking up some comics I was going to order. And I was looking for a specific Amazing Spider-Man. Well, I typed in just Amazing Spider-Man. There were probably two pages of stuff titled Amazing Spider-Man and this. Amazing Spider-Man and this. It, it really was unreal. And I, I, that had made me think back to this article. And I was like, they really do a bunch of number ones. I did that backwards, by the way. You did what backwards? You you read you read number two before number one? No, no, no. The 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 issues should be the regular issues come out like one, two, three, four, like in the mid run, and the variants be the continuing numbers. Oh, okay. Because That's fine. because what you're gonna do anyway is after the fourth issue you, you should already have that reader or not have the readers you're going to get if you have a strong story. Right. After that, after that fourth issue, you go back to the regular numbering, and the the four variants that were for that issue, uh, you know, are of course major well, in price because that's what the collectors are looking for. Right, right. And, and on the variant, you know what you could do is say you had a uh, a story that was a seven comic run. While while like you said, you could have a one through seven numerical. When, when you're doing your continuation numerical, you could label it part one of seven. Right. As well. Right. And I don't, I don't know. It, it's just random stuff that we could talk about for a long time. Another thing that I like seeing on the internet is when somebody, which I wish would happen to us, relatively unknown, gets picked up. And next thing you know, boom, blows up. There's this YouTuber named Jenny Nicholson, and uh, she had about 1,100 or so subscribers a few weeks ago. All of a sudden, I believe she's over 30,000. And what done this was she did a Suicide Squad video where she did a back and forth of her wearing glasses, not wearing glasses, in which she was... A person interviewing the Amanda Waller character and wanting to know how, why she doesn't use superheroes instead of bad guys. And it is hilarious. Well, I guess Patton Oswalt seen it and he liked it and he gave it a retweet or something and it took off. And I believe as of yesterday, we were sitting at like 2.4 million views on this video or or. Okay. Yeah, I watched like three seconds, and I, I just I didn't like what she was doing. I didn't care for it. What? You didn't even watch it? I didn't think it was funny. It's hilarious. All right, looks like we got some game news. Looks like you've made done something on Bloodborne. That's right. Bloodborne's been out for quite a while, and I know many people have done this, but I believe the percentage is still under 10% of the Bloodborne players have done this. And I got my Platinum Achievement, which means I did all three endings. I don't know how many other people have done this, but it's, it's very difficult and very frustrating, and it took me a long time. I should have done it months ago, but I got hung up on a boss on New Game Plus Plus, and... 
it just took me a while to figure it out and I got it and have now my platinum achievement there on Bloodborne, which I feel is a pretty good accomplishment. And my next goal is my platinum on Dark Souls 3. So hopefully that will be in the in the works in the future. But I, I know this week it has been rumored that uh, we'll be getting the announcement. It has been rumored that we will get the announcement of Dark Souls 3 expansion this fall, which I am very much looking forward to. Uh, I've already beat Dark Souls 3 initially through the first gameplay with one of the endings, and this will allow us to continue and allow me to go back through and probably give me an excuse to play through again and get another ending and play the new DLC expansion, which should be awesome. Yeah, I know you got a lot of love for this game. You put a lot of work, hard work behind it. Congratulations. Uh, uh, yeah, I think when I looked at it, I had over 230 hours dedicated to Bloodborne Jeez. on my character. I've got a yeah. lifetime of like 170 hours on my Castlevania Symphony of the Night game. Jesus. Yes, yes. Well, you got to figure when when I played WoW, I had characters that were uh I know at one point my rogue crossed the 30 days mark. I'd played my rogue for over 30 days. <laughs> was this Dag? No, no, no. This was Sayaka. Oh, okay. My my rogue. Dag Dag was my uh shadow priest. Oh yeah, your face melter. Yes. Gotcha. Yes, my face melter. And but did you see we may be getting the Punisher sooner yeah, than later? Yeah, I like that they've bumped that up. Maybe twenty seventeen, and that's exciting because oh. uh, John Barenthal was great in Daredevil season two. I'm ready for it. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm about chomping at the bit for Luke Cage. It's, be I mean, awesome. it's it's next month, so. Oh yeah, Luke, Luke Cage is coming up, and that's going to be incredible. I, I cannot wait for Luke Cage. I, honestly, I'm just excited for more Netflix Marvel original content in general. Um, I was thinking about this week. I need to go back and rewatch Daredevil season two. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought about it, but whenever I was. Uh, looking at starting Lost over again. I was like, do I want to do this or Daredevil Season 2? And I, honestly, I think I've watched it twice. <laughs> so I felt kind of bad not uh, uh, not going back to Lost. Cool, cool. Well, I'm glad. I, I'm just excited that we're going to get to see the Punisher sooner. And, and, and speaking of seeing stuff that excites us, there... There has been now. Hold on, a, this is a this is a PG show, Sean. You can't you can't take it. Oh oh, I'm looking at the long wrong link. Go ahead, go ahead. Yes, there there's there's been an animated short made that if anybody ever listens to this or anybody that has significant funds that they can just throw at the wall and let cool stuff happen, somebody has made a Firefly animated adventure series and they need help Who, whoever this is that made this they need to start a kickstarter or something i guarantee you who, who knows whether the it, it, it's copyright approved or not but we'll we'll post the the link on our facebook page and on our twitter and stuff but if anybody is a fan of Firefly and Serenity and the brown coats, then this needs to happen. And I would love to watch an animated series of Firefly. Yes, yeah, so the right the link we're talking about is on nerdapproved.com. Just search for um animated Firefly teaser and it should come up on YouTube or you can go over there and check it out. And I watched it and it was really exciting, especially as a fan of Firefly. Uh, it looks like the characters are done right. Oh yeah, they, they. I love how they have Jane with his hat. <laughs> they they did the beanie and everything. It it looks great. I, I just wish you could get the the real actors to do the voices. That would just be icing on a delicious yummy cake. It would. Now, I have a question for you, sir. Oh no, is this a question I hear almost weekly? It is. Then go ahead and ask. Have you seen it? 
Have you seen, and I, I put this on here this way so you wouldn't know exactly what I was talking about. Um, of course, we for, we skipped over where we forgot to mention uh, we lost Kenny Baker this uh, past week, the the actor who was in the bucket uh, for R2-D2. D2, that's Whenever right. there was an actor in, inside. Um, he was also in a movie called Time Bandits. Have you seen Time Bandits? I have not seen Time Bandits. I believe you've suggested it to me multiple times, and I've failed you multiple times in watching this movie. Well, Time Bandits is uh, one of those movies in the 80s that just you've seen at the right time in your childhood. It's something you you shouldn't have seen so young, but you did, and you you don't know how to feel about it, and it's crazy, and it's weird. Now, of course, Time Bandits is made, uh, it's got some British sensibilities. Now, I would figure you would love this just on, on this particular point. Guess who the director of Time Bandits is? Who is the director of Time Bandits? Terry Gilliam. Oh, really? Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Of course, Terry Gilliam was a member of Monty Python. He's the one that's responsible for all the the cutout animation. And he did uh, one of our favorite movies, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, was directed by him. Yes, 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 yes. And this movie is stars John Cleese from... um, Monty Python stars right. Sean Connery is in it for a cameo. Shelley Duvall, what? Ian Holm, Michael Palin from um, from Monty Python, uh, yeah. David Warner. You know the voice of uh, the Master Control computer from Tron, and wow. Uh, let's see, Kenny Baker. Uh, a bunch of little people are in the movie because that's who the Time Bandits are. The Time Bandits are this group of little people who are traveling through time. They run into this child into his bedroom and they go through his bedroom and they're chased by uh, uh, God and uh, they're avoiding the devil. And it's just a crazy, weird... It oh man, I, I can't describe this movie to do it any justice. You've just got to see it. And if if you've seen any Terry Gilliam films, he's the guy that did Brazil, uh, you know, and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, a Zero uh, Sum Theorem or Zero Theorem. I, I'm not sure what the name of his newest movie was, uh, but it's just got a weird, dark British humor. Uh, sensibility to it that that you just got to see, and I re- I can't recommend this movie enough. That that is awesome. I definitely need to see this movie because I did not know anything about the director or the amazing cast that's in it, and and that makes me feel like my Have you seen it is is not nearly as epic, but 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 it's a movie that I enjoy. Oddly enough, guess what? It, it's it's a reboot, but it, it's a new take on a TV series, and it's a TV series that we grew up probably loving. Ha, have you seen the new Eighteen, 18 movie? movie. <laughs> I knew you were going there. Have uh, you seen the new Eighteen movie? No, I have not. But oddly enough, I've heard three people talk about how good that movie is. It uh, is in the so past underrated. It is so underrated. It came out in 2010. It has Rocket Raccoon himself, Bradley Cooper. It has Master Jedi... Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. It's got the uh, uh, District 9, uh, uh, Tupac uh, Copley, or whatever his name is. Yeah, Charlto Copley, he is hilarious. Let me just tell you, as he plays Murdoch, and he is the funniest Murdoch... He, he's my favorite character in that whole movie. He makes the movie. Uh, you would think Bradley Cooper would be the one to steal the show, but no. It's Charlto Copley, and it is also Quentin Rampage Jackson, B.A. Baraka. Those two steal the movie. You need to see it. You need to see the A-Team movie. It is very enjoyable. It's very underrated. 
and I I have a fun time watching it every time I see it. Jessica Biel, how can you forget get Jessica Biel? Patrick Wilson, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, he will probably cast some demons out of some stuff. Cause in oh, isn't it? Yeah, Patrick Wilson's the the guy in Annabelle and. Uh, yeah, I was thinking Watchmen. I was like, what? What? How did Conjuring? <laughs> no, that yeah, he is also in Watchmen, but I was thinking Conjuring and yeah, Annabelle. I got gotcha. you. Not 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 the Watchmen type. But I understand either, now. Either way, it, it's a very good movie, and you should you should check it out. I, I have a copy of it. I think I probably have an extra copy of it somewhere. If you don't mind a non-Blu-ray copy. No, no, that's fine. But, uh, Sean, I think it's time for us to put a nice, pretty little bow on this tire fire of a podcast. That's right. That's right. So uh, you can find me at Maynard98 on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at NotSoSouthernGs. You can find me on Twitter at Ricky Westbrook. You can find us on Facebook. Just search NotSoSouthernGentleman. Give that a like. We, we, We really appreciate the Facebook likes. When we put out the episodes, both of us usually do a good amount of sharing and try to repost that. If you've already liked our page, when we post new episodes, you, you will get that on your timeline. And if you have it set for notifications, you can even get a notification that way. We appreciate all the <laughs> likes and need a few more. <laughs> and that's, that is it for Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Ricky. And I'm Sean. Have a great night. Stay on target. <laughs>